Big Adventures with Brian Durker is sponsored by Lynn Delane. She writes, I love the Grand Canyon, which is why I keep coming back every year to raft the Colorado River. But in the meantime, I also love to listen to Big Adventures with Brian Durker. There's never a dull moment on or off the river. Thank you, Lynn, for your support of Big Adventures. I feel like I'm on Joe Rogan here with these headphones. <laughs> it's only going to get worse than that. Joe hasn't got anything on me. <laughs> Phyllis Hogan, oh, she has a fixture in Flagstaff, and I'm sitting with you right now, and we've been putting this together forever, and now here we are sitting. Thanks right. so much for being here. I feel honored. Thanks, Brian. This is Big Adventures with Phyllis Hogan and Brian Durker. And uh, thanks for sitting in, you guys. Uh, we've had a lot of time to think about this visit. Uh, and this is a real Flagstaff friend, uh, but a Flagstaff legend. And, uh, you know, you have done some stuff I've been wanting to ask you about for a long time. All right. Well, one of my friends calls me the queen mother of downtown. Flag. Well, you are. <laughs> You're all of our queen mother. It's not just downtown. You know, what I really like doing is uh, prying into your past and childhood and stuff. Mm -hmm. And where were you born? Where did you get started with life, Phyllis? Well, let's see. I was conceived in Southern California (laughs) and then uh, gestated in Southern Arizona. Oh, wow. And then um, my mother went back to... Her mother and sister in Indiana, Gary, Indiana, and that's where I was born. And then we... So by the time you were born, you'd already covered three states. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. Not at all. It's true. It's true. <laughs> and then um, went back to Tucson. Now, wait and... a minute. You were born in Indiana. Let's right. slow down. Okay. And, and how long were you in... Indiana, in, get, give me a time well, frame. Here. My mom wasn't there very long just to give birth and then hang out and be with her sister and her and her mom and uh, figure out what she was going to do with her life because things were kind of rocky with my dad, and oh. so it wasn't great. Then they were living in L.A. And so I'll just tell you a little bit about my mother. My mother was a first-generation American. And my grandmother and grandfather both came from um, the former Yugoslavia, Croatia. And so my mother's first language was Croatian. So I grew up as an infant and um, until I was like four or five years old with just hearing Croatian in my in my household. You know, so. um, Wow, interesting. Yeah. So so things weren't going too great. You know, with mom and dad, and uh, we went back to, we went back to L.A. and they tried to make it work, and it just didn't work. So yeah, sometimes it just don't. Yeah. So mom, I was the only child of these two amazing people, and then mom was a nurse, a registered nurse, and she worked with the Southern Pacific Railroad. Oh. So she was a nurse for the the hospital there which was in this cool old building in downtown Tucson. So I was raised near the, you know, the Catalina Mountains. Yeah, what and, a great town Tucson yeah, is. In those I days, it was yeah, so I bet it was cool. really cool there, yeah. And um, So did you were there long enough to start your school in and go to yeah, high school and stuff? Yeah, I went to parochial school and was... You know, traumatized by the nuns. <laughs> I would have been a great pianist. However, they so kept putting that ruler down on your knuckles. Really hurt. Oh, it hurt. Oh, man. Nothing meaner than a nun. And my mom played. Oh, God. <laughs> Sisters of Elizabeth Seton. And it was St. Peter and Paul, which um, was a, a lot of really cool people. Um, Went to school there, including the famous singer and my neighbor, Linda Ronstadt. Yeah, Linda Ronstadt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. uh, all of us are big fans of her. Oh, yeah. She used to say, you just throw a rock and you'll hit a Ronstadt. <laughs> There's so many. Yeah, there them. are, aren't there? But I got to you know, live down the street from her and her parents, Ruth oh, Mary cool. and Gilbert, were wonderful people. And her sister, I babysat for her sister's kids. And Well, that must have been fun to watch her meteoric yeah. rise to yeah. fame and she was just always such a humble, beautiful person. Yeah, what a voice. 
I know. Yeah. I guess that's what it's all about. Yeah. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's nice to hear that she's a neat, neat. Oh, gal. she she really when we grew up when we were growing up and her sister Gretchen we called her Susie and her three kids I used to babysit for them and it, it, it's just been you know we lived on dirt roads at the base of the Catalina Mountains and uh-huh. we ran around barefooted most of the time and <laughs> oh and you know like this time of year what yeah. a great desert it is yeah. down there I just actually yeah. I'm going there tomorrow yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. You said that. Run down yeah. there. My father-in-law works down. Yeah, yeah. I love Tucson. Now, so in, uh, you went to parochial school clear through high school? I went to South Point for a, a oh, yeah, year, and then mm-hmm. I kind of didn't really like it. And so, um, you know, I went to Tucson High. I got special permission to go to Tucson High because I, I mean, being raised by my, oh, well, my grandmother came and lived with us and helped my mom because she was working the night shift and and mom needed somebody there. So little grandma, she was four foot 11. I'm five ten. <laughs> four eleven, uh, yeah, really? Yeah, four eleven. little Croatian lady. She sounds like a cute little gal. Oh, she was so cute. Black hair till she was 80. Wow. And, yeah. And, uh, cro- and she would uh, crochet beautiful, beautiful lace and everything. And so everybody thought she was Mexican. It's, yeah, it, no. You know, because she just was little, tiny, and real dark. And that culture skin. down there is predominant. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. So that's uh, another thing, neat thing about uh, Tucson is it brings our southern neighbors over mm-hmm. to. That's a great culture down there. Well, I, my I mom, love the. My mom was a real adventuresome person, and she used to love to ride horses. And um, she left Indiana, you know, when she right after she got her degree, and. And um, just went south. She loved the the Arizona, California, and um, so she was very interested in cultures. So mm-hmm. we would always go to Mexico. You know, I mean, it was only Nogales, but still, I still have a Tejona Otan basket, a couple oh, of yeah. baskets that she yeah. collected. And I was more interested in um, culture. You know, I, I'm kind You're of, right. I just just hanging out with the. That's why I wanted to go to Tucson High because it was more diverse. South Point and and Catalina High was where Linda went and and. Uh, well, Tucson High is like right down there in yes, the heart of in the, the beast. barrio. Yeah. yeah, it was great. And there yeah, was that's such neat a diversity. looking old place. Huh? Yeah, and all the different people you know that went to school that the I just like to hang out with Mexican culture and and the and the uh, there yeah. were Yaquis there Yaqui tribal people and uh, Tahona Otam, the, we called them the Papago at the time. And I was way more interested in what were they were all about yeah. than, than just, you know, white bread and <laughs> Catalina High School. <laughs> right. You know, I have some commonality with you because, like, uh, we had a Hopi house mother here and, like, my best buddies were... I had a couple Navajo friends while, yeah. while I grew up that are still friends today. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, the the supai and you know, of course, as a young person, you mm-hmm. uh, get involved with people's lives uh, mm-hmm. from from different realms of the Native American tribes mm-hmm. and in uh, Mexico and everything else. But so interesting to mm-hmm. just have a touch of other people's culture, culture and, yeah. and uh, sight on things. Yeah, and I think just coming from you know having your grandmother. Who didn't speak English really well, uh, and, yeah. and um, and just being interested in that kind of thing. Just can you know. still say hi, Brian? How are you in Croatian? Kako <laughs> ti, <No, I can't. laughs> Brian? Does that mean <laughs> that's uh, hello? How are you? <laughs> yeah, or get lost? <laughs> you wouldn't know, would you? <laughs> I wouldn't. I'm gonna have to brush up on my Croatian. Um, and so then you get through school, you go to. I went to Pima you, Community College. Oh, okay. Yeah, in the meantime, I had two children. I was so you were young enough. when you had Yeah, those I was girls. really young when I had Denise was my first child. But I, she wasn't born in Tucson. Actually, you know, in those days, things were kind of crazy, and it was the flower children and If all you that. can remember the 60s and 70s, you weren't really there. <laughs> um, so I kind of migrated to San Francisco. To the Haight Ashbury. Oh, you were right, right on the I game. Was there, and I was, you know, pregnant with my daughter, and um, hung out there with the hippies. Well, we weren't hippies then, but we were. You were, children. you were the 
fathers and mothers of the hippies. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. Or of that movement. You were right we made, on the yeah, leading edge. We, we were the flower children, and then they were, then what, we were yuppies and yippies or something, and then hippies. I yeah. can't remember. But anyway, that wasn't a real big part of my life, but it was a part of it. I can and she see, was born there in the same that. children's hospital where Jerry Garcia was born. You can't do better than that. That's right. My, her claim to fame. But, you know, we used to hang out at the pier and and, and uh, hear all kinds of great music. Mm-hmm. And, and um, then I decided, well, after she was born, I stayed there for a while. And then I realized I need to get back to Tucson. So I got back to Tucson with my little baby. And she was almost a year then at the time. Uh-huh. And it was, was was dad with you? No, there okay. was no dad at the time. Well, you <laughs> we were know, we're not scared of asking all the questions <laughs> okay. here at Big dad, Adventures. Dad was just a great friend. <laughs> it was a great high school friend. <laughs> Fair enough. Ooh, this is all coming out. Everybody knows it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> they know now. Well, yeah. <laughs> It was the and love the, children, weren't we? The no, love it children? was truly, and it should still be about let's save the world with love again. Yeah, it was the right angle. Yeah, yeah, and I thought you know we were going to change it. Well, we kind of did in a way, you know. We've had some uh, people, big impact, big some impact. cobbles get on the road of true love saving the world. But. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you go back to Tucson and. You're there for a while. Then. I'm there for a little bit, not yeah. that long, long enough to realize I needed to do something with my life. I've got this child, and so I wanted to go to. <laughs> <laughs> we all went through some form of that. <laughs> and um, yeah, and uh, I have to tell you now that child makes more money and has contributed more to the health of women and men in this society than I have. She's a dad. Yeah, she's a great yeah, gal. Yeah. So she's done some big stuff. So I'm there in Tucson. I'm starting out at uh, to enroll in Pima Community College. And uh, then I did get married because I decided I can't just have one kid. You know, <laughs> I got to have another the little one. Bugger needed she a, needs a... Because I was an only child, thing. right? So... But anyway, oh, so that happened yeah. after a while, and um, and then my second child, another daughter, beautiful daughter, came along. Indeed, she's the one who still lives here, and um, yeah, she has her business here too. Yeah. and um, my grandson is the product of a great marriage that she's had for a long time with her husband. And yeah, great, great thing. Great those family. Guys yeah, and that's my, a cool deal. I'm only 15 minutes away from the grand boy. And Grandma likes that. I love that. I was yeah. just with him and, and him, some of his buddies yesterday. <laughs> and so I actually want to dive a little deeper into your surrounding uh, people. <laughs> but uh, so you get married, you have another girl, mm-hmm. and then you go from... Tucson to... Tucumcari. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you passed through Tucumcari and probably Winona as well. Right. <laughs> or but, Winslow. Or... Well, that was kind of a circuitous story here um, and a route. That's what we're here for. Take your time. Oh, God. So I left Tucson <laughs> with my uh, associate's degree in sociology with a, a background in anthropology. I was right. always interested in people. Yeah. Know? I uh, wanted to be a nurse, but I um, didn't think it was going to work out. That I didn't really like all the science stuff. I like science now, but that was a little too much. But I, anthropology, what a fascinating mm-hmm. science in its own right. In its own right, yeah. So I came up here to go to NAU, two kids in tow. Now I'm a single mother again. Okay, when I come okay, up here. Okay, I, I see. Here, so you come up here. I come up here um, and s- enroll in anthropology at um, NAU and live on the south side of San Francisco Street uh-huh. behind Max's Tamale like Shop. Like all good students had to do. <laughs> do you remember Max's Tamale oh, yeah. Shop? Oh, and across yeah. the street was Slim's uh, Shine and, and... Yeah, Slim's Shoe, shoe Store shine there. Shoe and, Shine, and, yeah. Uh, it was called Shine and News because he had his newsstand and yeah, Shoe Shine. And, 
And they said there was all kinds of great card games that went on in the back. He was a hub of his own, Slim. Yeah, no, I remember it. I used to be down there a lot playing basketball with all my buddies. Yeah, I bet we did. We probably ran into each other in the day. So that ended up lasting for maybe a year. That was when the kids were at Rock House. We were talking about that across the street. Um, And then the boyfriend I had at the time, him and I, you know, he was driving a cab and I was trying to go to school and it just was really rough. Mm-hmm. And he got a job in Coolidge, Arizona, Pinnell County, yep. as the education director for a two-county Head Start program because he was in early childhood development. So I was devastated. I thought, we, well, we should go because he was going to make a lot of money. And then I didn't know what I was going to do down there, but I started crying when I went through the town because it was like going back to the 1930s. <laughs> no, Coolidge isn't exactly uh, built built to impress. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I spent a little rough. time in Coolidge. It, oh, you but. did? Yeah. Well, well, we ended up finding a really nice place to live at this place called KCKY Estates. And KCKY was a radio station at one time. Oh, cool. And uh, Waylon Jennings was uh, actually was a DJ on KCKY. Isn't that weird? I'm a big But not fan. when I was there. This was years before yeah. that. Uh, and we're right in the heart of um, the Pima and Tahorantam Reservation, and the Yaquis were yep. far away. and. And so I thought, well, I'll make this work because there's a swimming pool and I've got this great little house and I'll figure out something to do, which I did. I went to work in sociology, using my sociology degree at the Arizona training program there, which Uh was an old state um, institution for um, handicapped people. Oh, interesting. So I got to work there and meet a lot of people. But the best part of being there was... Uh, I had at that time made a lot of friends with um, Native people. And the Hopi medicine man that I knew said, oh, you're moving to Coolidge. There's a lady there, and she has a she has a herb store. And her name, and the name of the store is Casa Valencia. And could you bring me back some of this herb that I need when you come back to visit me? Because he didn't have a car. I mean, in those days, and we're, we're talking, you know, 70s, a lot of the elders, I mean, it was dirt yeah. roads and people didn't have, and this was up at um, Second Mesa at Shingopavi. So I said, yeah, sure. So that perked my interest. Well, in and yeah, little did she know she yeah. was setting you on a life journey. Yeah. It really? Yeah, yeah huh? well, there was, this was a, a man medicine man, a real man oh, medicine man. Uh, in Hopi, in <laughs> Shingopavi. Yeah, and, and they called them duhikyas, and he was a bone doctor. Oh. But he had, you know, gone down to, he traveled everywhere with um, relatives that would take him around. If somebody got hurt, if a Hopi person was in, in say, uh, uh, somewhere in Phoenix and they broke a bone or whatever, they were in a car accident, they'd send for this guy. Yeah, because that's how they knew. Yeah, that's what and they he knew. knew how to manipulate bones. This is a whole big story. So his wow. name was Herbert Telaheftewa. Wow. And uh, his wife was Evangeline Telaheftewa, and she became... In the 90s, she was one of those um, Arizona treasures. You know how they, the governor would give out a, uh, an award for someone? Yeah. Who, yeah, so she was an Arizona treasure for her, her um, basket making. She was an amazing oh. basket maker. So anyway, so they were the, the family that I would bring herbs up to. So that, yeah, sent me on my... I was always interested, you know, in, in what different medicines people use because growing up in allopathic medicine with my mom yeah uh, yeah, that was kind of boring it was like oh god there's got to be other ways to do things you know that was always Uh what i was looking for other things other ways you know yeah cool a lot of us in that generation were so um yeah yeah there was there was uh so much creative hope back then you know that you could move on you could go forward with yes yes so the senora um she was an interesting person she lived on coolidge avenue and she had this she lived right in her store with her husband and uh the first time i went there it took a lot of courage to go there and i tried to open the 
door, the screen door, and it was locked. And I thought, this is a store where it's curios and herbs and, you know, what, why does she, and it's on the main drag. Why is she having it? Why is her door locked? So I knock on the door and, and she peers around the corner, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and then I told her, you know, I was there and I was a friend of, of, uh, the medicine man and, oh, immediately she let me in. Well, yeah. years later uh-huh. I found, and I had my kids with me. So then, and she loved children. And uh, later I found out that she had been incarcerated for practicing medicine without a license. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, in the 19, I think it was 30s. So she was peering around that corner looking for the feds? Yeah, she never opened her door after that. She got out of jail, but she only opened it. I mean, they incarcerated this lady, this grandma. Didn't they have something better to do back then? like? Bus people for lousy Mexican dope or something? <laughs> you would think so. <laughs> I don't know that whole story, but I know it was traumatizing to her yeah, and the community. Like yeah. Because she you know, she, um, she would pick herbs, and she had a lot of the... In Eloy, there were a lot yeah. of medicine people there. Maria de la Luz was one of them, and she, was, she could just hands-on and heal you. You know, it was just, this was way before the ayahuasca movement or uh-huh. any of the other movements that are going on now that are pretty, pretty amazing. But this was, you know, we're talking the 1970s. The old school yeah. way, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Senora didn't want to let anybody in. She didn't trust anybody. But when I told her who I was and that I was here with for the medicine man and to get herbs for for him, then she decided she would talk to me and I was okay. And that began and opened up a conversation and a longtime friendship oh, with her. Oh, I bet, I bet. And uh, I realized that um, after a while that she didn't have any apprentices, that her daughters both moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. And they were selling real estate, and everybody had to have a wage work economy. You know, the younger people, you couldn't just hang out with your grandparents and an apprentice. You had to make money. Yeah, no, that, that's that's so true, isn't it? Yeah, so I decided that um, I kind of felt like I needed to document what she was doing. Oh, and she was ready to um, to retire, she wanted to retire, and so I asked her if she thought it would be okay if maybe I opened up a little store down the street and um, I could sell yerbas medicinales and maybe some native arts of the Navajo and Hopi people that I knew. And so where Coolidge is situated is right down the road from the Casa Grande ruins. Right. And I they was going to mention yeah, that. Yeah, they get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tourists in the winter but in the summer there's nothing and so I thought well you know I have all this great art that my friends would donate to me and I could open up a small little store and I'd be right down the road from the ruins and nobody's selling American Indian art you know from yeah the local area yeah. no one was yeah it's an interesting park down there too yeah, that's an yeah. interesting site because oh, yeah, that's a neat place so um I became friends with some of the um people that worked there and they would send people to my store oh mrs valencia said yes that's that's fine you know and and you can well before that i apprenticed with her and i would go to this is a long story i would go to the yaqui village in in guadalupe which is about an hour um north of coolidge and Mm -hmm. um and I would sell herbs in the parking lot out of the back of my pickup truck. <laughs> and, uh, and that's where I, I learned about the, the Yaquis. And um, they were some of the most fantastic people. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I don't know much about that group. Oh, the uh. Yaquis are. Well, so they're political refugees from Mexico, from northern Mexico. Right, right. And, you know, you probably read. Um, Don Juan, the Yaqui way of knowledge and all that. Yeah. So when I was hanging out with Mrs. Valencia, I I would go into her shop and there'd be all these little old men and women in there. And I'd swear there, one of them had to be Don Juan. (laughs) You know, you just tell yourself these stories. And and, um, she was really connected with uh, Guadalupe. And so um, I would, uh, I would go in there and bring herbs and, these old people were magnificent. I had a young apprentice with me who, you know, spoke the language really well. And um, and they have this thing in the at Easter time that they have the deer dancers. 
And I found out that the deer dancers, you know, that was that goes back into primordial time mm-hmm. with the Yaquis. And they have this thing where they talk about um, your flower body, which is your soul. Mm-hmm. And then these old people would, um, uh, especially the old grandpas, they would come up to each other. And, and oftentimes I would hear them say, how's your flower? Only in their own language. Yeah. It's beautiful language. And uh, the the journey of the deer dancer is um, the journey that takes you that where the dancer goes back and retrieves your soul if you've had injury or even psychological or physical injury then the deer dancer will go back and retrieve your soul and you can see the deer dancers um, during the Easter ceremonies and in the in the villages and there's three villages in Tucson and I used to go. When I was a kid and, mm-hmm. and a teenager, and so just getting to be with the Yaquis was magnificent. And um, and they got to know you, and they're they're yeah uh, probably warmly received. Your... Well, yeah, they tested me a lot, but I had kids. Yeah, and I would bring my kids with me, and they're kid freaks. They love children, you know. So that made me okay. I wasn't just some. That's why it's always good to have a puppy handy here. Yeah, well, look at. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, yeah, so then I, I finally, after feeling a little bit confident that I could uh, do the herbs, uh-huh. um, then I um, finally, Signora was ready to leave, and her husband was really kind of sick of being in the business. And he had actually traveled years before me in his pickup truck and went to the village in Guadalupe and sold herbs, too. So I was kind of following in their tradition, and so I opened up right down the street. I opened up a shop right down the street to um, the Casa Grande Ruins, the Winter Sun Trading Company. That's where it all started. That's where it all started, in uh, kind of in the back of my pickup truck in in Guadalupe Village. Uh but Or you could have said up in Shingopavi in the village, uh, that old village of Shingopavi, bringing herbs up there to the medicine people. And, And those guys... You know, again, with the... Did you know Janice Day in the day up there? <laughs> yes. Yeah, she's an old friend of mine. I, I would imagine you... Well, actually, you know, I actually had um, have a very close relationship with Janice. Yeah. Um, her father was a really good friend of mine, and he was a master kachina doll Well, Harvard. yeah, I was lucky enough to go into his... You got House to meet Bill, it, Wild yeah. Bill Quatsquiva. Yeah. yeah, it was a great honor to. Yeah, he he and I actually took him and two other Hopi people to um, open the children's museum. had a had a, an Indian um, an opening of their Indian branch, and um, it was in 1978. And I took her father and and Joe and Jesse. Um, Joe, Janice's husband. And well, no, not Joe, Janice's husband. Joe, Janice's husband at the time was my boyfriend. <laughs> Ooh, how the plot thickens. <laughs> I knew you were going to love this, Brian. <laughs> I am loving and this. The, everybody the... listening, you should love this, too. <laughs> so Joe Day, you know, they did the Don't Worry, Be Hopi t-shirts, and he's done a lot and contributed to Oh, yeah, he's a Hopi. piece of work. Yeah, and, he's a piece of work. And he's the first person who ever took me up to Hopi in 1973. We yeah. went to Zuni to the Shalako dance, and then we went up to um, visit um, Janice's uncle, um, Cyrus Josuaitua. So I took oh, those yeah. those three guys I took them to the museum in Indianapolis, and they oh how cool everybody is that? Thought, yeah, every, yeah, everybody thought Indians were just lived in teepees. So here come these Hopi guys with their hair, you know, tied back and the bangs that look like clouds, and they're carving dolls and they're wearing moccasins, and people yeah, went nuts. Well, and the real deal, Bill, was uh, just for the listener, uh, his carving, his kachinas, like. Had detail beyond the realm of possibility, and you could see major veins in the arms of the dancers, and mm-hmm. uh, just the detail. Yeah, An old was, school traditional carver. Uh, he was well, and you know remarkable. what else he did? He was in movies in Hollywood. Oh, I never knew that. <laughs> he was a he was a crazy. That's why they called him Wild Bill. 
Yeah, he, Wild Bill Quatsquiva. Yeah, he was an actor. I mean, you know, maybe and he, he was, was his place was down in Hopeville. He no, he was from uh, K. Coates movie. K. Coates movie. Yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. yeah, he was from K. Coates movie, but great guy. And just to say one thing uh, about Joe Day, is that he, when he married Janice, you know, he had to prove himself, and he was an amazing farmer. He knew how to do. He could, he have you ever, he I don't know if he ever took you to any of his fields. Yeah, he did. Wasn't that amazing? Yeah, dry it, farming. Dry no, farming it, with yeah. these subtle little elements that that was the mm-hmm. right place to plant that corn. And he did it for years, years and years. Yeah, he's a remarkable guy. Yeah, yeah. super knowledgeable too. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah, I think he can even speak Hopi, but he won't tell you that. Well, it's, he seems to be getting along out on the res the way he does. Yeah. He, I bet he's got a clue as to the, how to communicate for sure. Yeah, yeah. And she's just a doll. Yeah, she's amazing. Um, and so not to get off track, <laughs> <clears throat> you start that in Coolidge. You have your place. How long were you in Coolidge? Well, I was in Coolidge till they started, the Mexican mafia started shooting little white kids. <laughs> oh, really? Did it get that bad? It got pretty bad. In Coolidge? In Coolidge. It was bad. I mean, I don't mean to laugh about it. It was scary. <laughs> well, of course you, but yeah. what could we I do? I escaped. You know, I got out of there. Well, I They just, were really present. Huh? They were very present, you know, and and I was right on Arizona Boulevard, right across from the, the junior high and grade school, elementary school, and-, and Yeah, um, you were right in the heart of I had two Coolidge. little- Angle girls, and one was a real blonde, and and uh, it, it, it's a horrible story. I don't want to go into the details. Thank God nothing ever happened to me and my kids, but I decided I had this great store. I had these herbs. I, I mean, people, native people would come from all over. Yeah, to, to, you build relationships yeah, like that, right? Yeah. So I thought, you know, I really want to learn more about this. Uh, I want to learn what, you know, we have 21 federally recognized tribes in Arizona. And I want to know, I learned a lot about what the Yaquis were using and what the Mexican people were using in southern Arizona. And now mm. I really want to know more about what's going on up north. And I want to do maybe a comparative study uh-huh. of uh, the Navajos and the Hopis. They live in the same area, but the Navajos surround the Hopis. Did they use the same plants? Are they still, what are they using now? What did they use then? So I thought, I need to get out of here. I need to get someplace where I'm going to be on a, an international trail. So right. I moved up here on 89 um at the Big Tree Campground, and I set up a teepee. And I had a little... You are the real deal. <laughs> you know, another roadside attraction. Great stuff. And, yeah, and so I. And, but it was what was cool was I had this little ten by twelve. Um, I think it was a cabin, you know, and it was right there by. And that to the audience, the eighty nine is a a main artery from the Western Navajo Reservation into. Flagstaff, which was, and from Hopi too, which was, um, it was the, um, Flagstaff was like the gateway uh, to the Grand Canyon, and it was also the a main border town where the people from the res could come and get groceries, and, yeah. you know, they'd been coming Multiple here for a hundred, over a hundred years, yeah. you know. So I moved across the street from um, the Eldon Pueblo, which was being, you know where that is, that... Eldon Mountain, and found out that that was a traditional medicine garden area for several Navajo people. Oh, the the Pueblo over here on the east side. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, really? So I moved right over there. I was right there with. I had the teepee set up, and my first customer in my little shop was a Navajo woman, Ella Bedoni. We're friends to this day. She's an amazing bead worker. She bought my. She bought a beautiful uh, uh, turquoise necklace from me. And I said, this is a good sign. You know? <laughs> Things are looking up. <laughs> Things huh? are looking up. <laughs> and I had 25 herbs in jars, and uh, they all had Mexican names on them. And, and so know. she was being enlightened by your knowledge of the Yaqui 
herbs? And... Well, she wasn't really a medicine person. She, oh, okay. She, well, she was in her own right, but not. She was there just you know because she was a. An it was artist. part of her life, probably. But... Yeah, and so she came and bought that piece of jewelry from me and showed me her artwork, and so we we became friends, and we've been we're friends to this day. She's living up in Tuba. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I met a lot of people that were gathering a certain herb across the street from where I was. And um, at Big Tree, I couldn't get a place in downtown Flag. That's why I was right at the edge of Flagstaff. And also, I didn't have to pay city sales tax because I was in the county. All those things (laughs) matter. (laughs) Yeah, you know, I wasn't even 30 yet. Uh, No kidding. It was great. It was a, it's such a great adventure. We call that starting from the ground. That's right. (laughs) Bootstrappers. Bootstrappers. (laughs) So oh, that's when I started to learn the plants of, I mean, I knew a lot of the Sonoran Desert plants, and uh, but I wanted to know what what's up here, you know, what do they have up here, and, and that's how I got to meet people. Uh-huh. The real, the herbalists that used plants, and, not just book stuff. And so your location out there worked for a while. How long did it take you to get a place downtown? Uh, not too long. Um I uh, think it was about a year, maybe nine months. And then I got right on Route 66, which they used to call Santa Fe Avenue. And that was 18 East Santa Fe, which is now a brew pub. (laughs) Yeah. And I lived in the back in an age-old American tradition, just like Senora Valencia raised her kids in the back of her shop. Yep. I had my kids in the back of my shop, and there we were. We had a giant Great Dane to keep all the... You know, scary guys away because that was a beat. You know, I was right in the heart of five of the most notorious bars. Yeah, no, you Arizona. were right in the epicenter yes. of boozery. Yes, I was. <laughs> I was. Route 66, Joe's Place, the Joe's Kiva Place. Lounge. Yeah. Oh, God. It was crazy. The Rose Tree Lounge. The Rose know? Tree. I'm trying to think there was one more there that was notorious. Oh, God, um, it was terrible. Yeah, there there was quite, and people came from all over the place to mm-hmm. quench their thirst. Yes, well, yeah, and and then there was a really cool old grandma. Um, she had uh, the wigwam. Oh yeah, and the wigwam, and yeah. she was there, Mary Maston, and she was down the street from me, and I was quite a curiosity to her. <laughs> <laughs> and because there were all these men traders. Uh huh. Well, and yeah, there is the Kaiser quite... brothers and and uh, Jed and all these right. you know, guys were all dressed in leather and beads and they all had in in their work. That was a little before Puchteca and no, Stevie. Or he no, was Steve was there. going in there he, too. He, he was in what was the place? The hotel that burnt down was before I got there. He was in there, and it was the Flight of the Eagle. That was the name of his store. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. I know, is. but but yeah, and uh, so there were all these male traders, yeah, and there were lots of pawn shops, and I mean, really, literally, people came from all over the world. I mean, I would open up my door anytime, day or night, and I would get traffic. Yeah, and 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 people were coming because it was the main at that time. It was the main gateway to the Grand Canyon. Oh yeah, it was way before before. Um, Williams became popular and and started doing the train and everything, you know. So people came to fly, but it was exciting being on on the main drag and and that's oh, there is all the action, it, down there. you know. And now I'm the last one remaining of all those guys. I think I don't know how many traders there were, and now I'm the last, the longest, consistently operating business in local downtown Flagstaff. Yeah, you really are. You've been a, a yeah. hub for, yeah. for over 50 years. and uh, Well, 46, <laughs> to, to let's, be honest. Let's Sarah. not nitpick on years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know. And, and, yeah, so that I left Front Street after 15 years and moved up on North San Francisco Street, where I am today. And I have to tell you that some of the people that work with me their grandparents worked with me. Yeah. And some of the kids whose art that I buy, um, their great-grandparents, I would deal with them. Yeah, fantastic. And um, it's not just uh, American Indian or Southwest art, but it's traditional herbs, too. And uh-huh. it's expanded now where I started with 25 herbs. Now I have over 200. And um, I have started in 19... 19- 
83 because I wanted to have a reciprocity with people. I didn't want to just be, you know, getting and not rec- and receiving but not giving not back. Giving. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I started the, um, in 1983, the Arizona Ethnobotanical Research Well, that was my next thing. Oh, you that were? That was okay. the next lead. So that's okay, perfect. Yeah. Tell us. Tell us about that, and tell us the people involved with that. It's, I think it's fascinating. Well, that was that was um, an idea that I had with a few people. Um, Michael Shaw Moore, who is the legendary Southwest herbalist, who's written many many books on on herbology of the Southwest, and and uh, he was a good friend of mine, and that's a whole cool story there. Uh, him, myself, um, Jill Detera, and uh, she worked at the museum. She was my first botany teacher. And so we founded that with uh, some of the traditional elders um, who wanted to preserve their knowledge and document and preserve their knowledge for future generations. So that was that was in 1983, and we're still doing things. Michael, uh-huh. Michael passed on about 12 years ago, and um, with the help of... Some great volunteers. I now have um, a medicinal plant garden at the Museum of Northern Arizona. Oh, you do? I yeah. didn't. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, yeah. No, it's How great. Cool is that? It's really love great. to see that. Sometimes. Yeah, it's 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 a wonderful little spot. We have over a hundred plants. And is it greenhouse? No, no, it's, it's outdoors. It's, outdoors, it's so. between. Um, it's on the research side, so it's between anthropology, which is now mostly archaeology, and. Um, the administration building. Oh, that little... Used to be a parking lot. Happy place in between those. Yep. It was just uh. a parking lot, and we've transformed it. Oh, it's how cool beautiful. is that? So, yeah. yeah, so I, I've had the good fortune of working with the Wallapai, the Havasupai tribes, um, in bilingual education on, yeah. on the reservation schools, bringing in traditional elders and their language to try to teach the kids, you know, which plants they were their elders were using and yeah it's uh, it's got to be just like traditions and language and stuff yep. to keep it perpetuating yep. it's getting harder and harder yeah. in this modern time well, yeah that's so a noble, noble that was fun that was now and that's when i and now i gotta tell you i have been on the river i have big adventures on the colorado river but my favorite river is the little colorado oh yeah that is an amazing place. And that's because of the cultural yeah. aspect of it. Um, one of my real interests, and Jill's also, Jill Dedera, my teacher, uh, my botany teacher, and she's now an acupuncturist, and, and uh, we all still work together. Mm-hmm. What we were really interested in is, is, okay, from Winslow, well, actually Holbrook, Chevron Canyon, and all that, there's yeah. hundreds and hundreds of archaeological Oh, it's sites. amazing through yeah. there. So you, yeah. I know you've been on yeah. a lot of that. And what I was really interested in were the rare and endangered plants that had cultural significance um, that grew in association with a lot of those sites. Oh, how interesting. Yeah. And that makes sense. They'd throw the seeds, right? Uh, or the seeds it, would linger long yeah. past the... The people would leave, but, you know, and so we would take some elders out there and they would look at some of the plants. And actually, I worked a lot with on the Wapaki National Monument, too. Oh, yeah. With their rare and endangered species of plants. So do you think some of the plants you're talking about have that far of a reach, like, say, Wapaki? Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, yeah. No, there's a... There's one in particular that Jill and I were really looking out for. Did you ever know L.T. Green? I've, I heard L. the L.T. Green was a botanist with the museum, yeah. too. So he he helped uh, document a rare plant on the monument. It's called Erasuruzia rotendata. Uh-huh. And I love the name what of that plant. What a great plant. Yeah, yeah, and it's in the Leguminaceae family, so it's a pea. Uh-huh. But it has this great um, the, the, uh, smell. It smells just like lemon. And it's beautiful, and it's it was used. I think we were the first people to ever document its use as a smoke, mixing it with tobacco. Huh. So they mix it in these tobacco pipes and smoked it. And he found it on native tobacco. Are yeah, you talking? Yeah, yeah. Nicotiana, Tenuata, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's also that's also in the Solanaceae family, which is a great family of plants. Uh, a lot of medicinal plants in that family. So anyway. Um, L.T. Green found this plant, and Jill and I were determined to go back and find it. And we did find it in Winslow near um, near some of the ruins there. And uh, 
We never did relocate it on Wapatki, but then later some of the botany students did find it right along the border of um, Babbitt Ranches. Of the park, and huh? The, and then the, Babbitt Ranches actually gave more land, you know, to the park service, which was really cool. Yeah. But I, I did this study in 1999 of the rare plants, and we went back of the three national monuments that we have here, and we went back to all the original locations to see what did the what did those uh, fl- families look like? Right. Were they doing good? Uh-huh. Were they prospering? Or were they gone? So the, the Razaruzia was gone. We couldn't find that. But we did find another plant at Kraken Rock that had never been documented on the monument. The only other place that that plant had been found in northern Arizona was at Bacavi at Third Mesa. And I, it was found by the my mentor, Alfred Whiting, who wrote the book Ethnobotany of the Hopi. Uh-huh. And I took a Navajo or a Hopi medicine woman up there with me, and she said, oh, yeah, this plant is called Polygola subspinosa, and it's this teeny little, almost, it's not microscopic, but it's teeny, and you would that miss teeny. it if you were walking along the sandstone and saw it. You would never even see it. And she said that it was a really important plant, but she couldn't really tell us much about it because she was kind of sworn to secrecy. But her grandfather and her father both used it and knew about it. And Whiting said the same thing. He found it, but no one would tell him what they were using it for. So the mystery deepened. Oh, it was yeah. so How exciting. Cool. Yeah. So we found that, and it was the first documentation in Coconino County. Well, that kind of makes your mind wander thinking of all those years ago when there was trading amongst those people between the the different villages and uh, somebody had that in a knapsack. Yeah, exactly. uh, You just shared it with. Yeah. Like, Did it come between from Zuni the... and Hopi, or between exactly. you know? Exactly. Really makes your mind wander. Yeah, but... and then you got along, and then so there's all those sites there, and there's a lot of real unusual plants, uh-huh. and then you go down and you get almost to the confluence, and then there's the Sipapu, right? Sipapuni, and um, and there is some really unusual plants growing all around in there, and that's. One of the most important sites, I mean, you can't quantify or qualify or say these are most important of the sites, but that's a real important well, site. Well, what screams at you about the Sipapu uh, Chini here uh, mm-hmm. is the, the pilgrimages yes. of past that would bring things with them yes. and offerings. And, yeah, the salt make, trail. It makes you... Uh, gives you, goo- gives you goosebumps. Really does. Yeah. So, so that was. I'm gonna get. I'm. I'm kind of getting off trail here, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, we we can let it. It's okay. Right. Okay. So, <laughs> so the Sipapu. You know, women don't go there. Women should not ever right. go there. And it's just a place where the where they do the pilgrimaging, and certain tribal um, people will go there. But you have to be in a clan, a certain clan, to go. It's from what I know, you know. From and from what I I know too, it's also kind of a a test. Mm-hmm. When, yes. 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 Kind of a requirement. Of manhood, probably, yes, and yes. of spirituality and stuff. The uh, for the listener, the Sapapu is in the bottom of the little Colorado basin. It's about five or six miles up from the confluence to the Colorado. It's a very unique place. I won't go into the details about it, but it's the uh, point of emergence for the Hopi, and they they emerged from the earth, and that this is the portal. Uh, yes. The Sapapu. And uh, Hopi, the mesas are way far away from this, and they would have a pilgrimage off the mesas. Then they came down the little Colorado, and Spider Woman's yep. first son turned himself to stone to where they could find the way in uh, to the drainage. Mm-hmm. And then they found their place of emergence, and then uh, they went down to the Colorado River and got on the uh, a layer there along the river, and they couldn't find a place to tie their ropes to get down to the the sacred salt mines. And so uh, Spider-Woman's second son turned himself to stone there, and they tied 
a rope around his ankles and Powerful Both story. those guys are still there. Powerful, powerful. But yeah. it's a it's a really deep and uh, respected belief of of the Hopi and then people. There's, what thirteen tribes, <clears throat> including the Zuni, the Havasupai, the Wallapai, that consider that whole area very sacred and are are yeah, to this no day still working the, on protecting it. And I, uh, I've been lucky enough with my government contracting and stuff to take those tribes down mm-hmm. uh, every year. We did it for a long, long time. And, and I got to be in on some yeah, of those remember, with the Havasupais and the Wallafies. Yeah, yeah. And I, I took some of the Hopi elders to the mm-hmm. Spapu. I, I mean, I took them to where they needed to be, and then I, of course, backed away. And, mm-hmm. and they returned with, with powerful emotion. And the uh, salt too, right? And and the belief, the beliefs were triumphant for them that day. Oh yeah. man, yeah, beautiful stuff. So I got to go on the river, and I, I, my very first trip. I have to tell you this though, my very first trip was a raft trip, and guess my boatman was Krista Sadler. Oh great! Yeah, and I went with you know with her on that trip, and that was very exciting. That was my first trip on the on the Colorado, and. Maybe what year I, was that? I mean, oh, uh, that was I think nineteen eighty something. Yeah, yeah, mid eighties, mid eighties. Yeah, and uh, and so then and then after that, I got to go down, you know, many times with the with the tribes, and and that was when the Glen Canyon, when they were paying the tribes to go and document, you know, their sites and the plants and. Um, so I yeah, got to no. do that with them, and Good that was deal, really, yeah. and you were involved in oh, that yeah. too. Mm-hmm. I was doing the transport yeah, stuff. Yeah, that was great. And uh, but always we, you know, and, and going with those elders on those trips, uh, it was so special. And we get to stop at all their sacred places, and then when you would get to the confluence, that that was so powerful. special to me and yeah. powerful. Me, but I got to. Uh, um, to experience that, so I was grateful to do that. But it was the rare plants of the Little Colorado River that was really yeah, that is so interesting. Bonding um, me to that area. Yeah, the the tracks of mm. where those plants came from. That's they're not something that isn't blown in by the wind. Yeah, no, it necessarily. Can't be. Yeah, you know, no, it's, not. it has that human element to yeah. it. That's so interesting to me. Yeah, um, and so. To loop this back to your store, uh, and everybody that's listening should go to the Winter Sun, downtown Flagstaff. It's a one-of-a-kind thing. But you have some great people that work for you there. I do. I have some amazing people. You had one of them on your podcast. Erica Ferriel worked with me Erica for years. works there. And then you, but, Both and, my and, daughters. And if you're the mayor of downtown Flagstaff, <laughs> you're... The, no, not the mayor, the, the mother. Mother, the, mother, the I meant mother. <laughs> Bad me. Anthony Garza is, is the, the nighttime mayor. <laughs> yeah, of I was getting, staff. I was getting to Anthony. He's, he's a landmark. He's the uh, best. Yeah, yeah, he is absolutely loved by all. I know. And, I mean, uh, he could have been the mayor of Flag. Well, he he'd it. be a good visit for me here in this yes. room. Oh yes, but I I I'm not sure he's the kind of he's such a shy, humble man. He's great I in might the have shop. to talk to him about it. He's great in the shop, and he's done a lot of trips on the river. He, oh yeah, he knows and he knows what's going on with the community. And mm-hmm. I mean, he is remarkable mm-hmm. fellow. He's tied in. Yeah, you're, you're really. I'm lucky. lucky, and he's been with me for ten years. But to have the girls mm-hmm. so involved, and then I I wanted to get to. Uh, Super Sav and that whole story. Yeah, Randy. Uh, can Febreze, we go through that, Denise. Randy and Denise? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. You probably did many trips with my son-in-law, Randy. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah, and, he was uh, great. Yeah, he was a really smart, interesting man. Yeah. Sorry, we lost him. Oh, so young. Yeah, that was so on. Yeah. Out of out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. But, uh, so Denise uh, started her business. She she went to Michael's school. Michael had a Michael Moore, who was my mentor also, um, had a school, Southwest School of Botanical Medicine. She went there, um, and so did Dene- uh, Deanne Tracy, yeah, my, Deanne Tracy, my daughter, who lives here now, who has her her um, company, which is Peak Sense. You're right, right, okay, like yeah. The that's... peak of the Severn and the sense, and oh, man, she's got good stuff too, yeah. But SuperSav started in the back of Winter Sun Trading Company in a crock pot. yeah. 
And, and explain uh, it. It's a, it's a salve made of creosote with some essential oils that's used for, uh, well, how we got started in the in the river community was they were doing a study on tolio. Yeah. And that so the docs, the allopathic doctors, were using different types of um, antibacterial and antibiotic sa- uh, oils, not oils, but um, um, creams, and they were using them on the boatman's feet. And so some of the boatmen might have even been you that said, hey, Denise, you just got out of herb school. Can't you come up with something? And so she had learned about how to make this salve. And so she made the salve and put it in little tins and sent it down well, with a it, dozen, dozen it, boatmen. It had a great start because not only was Tolio or this, this uh, it's like Fungus. athlete's foot yeah, yeah, awful for the stuff. listener. It's awful just terrible. Stuff. And it still has a very prevalent problem Mm -hmm. for people with their feet wet all the time. But the salve was a real winner with cracked. Yes, cracked. And, you know, boatmen are lab rats for bad behavior about taking care of themselves. (laughs) But the girls don't. The the girls are much better. But uh, it really was great to have a tin of that stuff in your your pocket so you could put it on. And that's how that got started. At night and... It worked better than the than the allopathic Soothing. stuff. Yeah, no, and, it was really good. And we good. won out, we won out, and so then everybody started. All the boatmen started going, "Hey, this is working for our for our athlete's foot, and it actually helps with the cracks and anything you know slivers that we get in on our hands." And, and so- then we found out it even made us better people, <laughs> and then, then the sales really blew up, right? <laughs> Oh, that's funny. But you ought to get some of this stuff, you guys that are listening. Uh, it's uh, it's the real deal. Yeah, she uses. And all we won't ask oils. you for the secrets within I that recipe. Yeah, yeah. You it's, can't go there. I can see that. She's got it on the on the labels, and so but, that's that kind of launched us in the in the river communities. And now I don't know what we do without all our boatmen coming in and sending people from their oh, trips yeah. and. We really appreciate that. Oh, yeah. No, we send them all to you. Yeah. But also, it's such a neat uh, old western downtown, and mm-hmm. you fit fit in there just mm-hmm. like a finger in a glove. Thank you, Brian. Now, um, so you're still going strong with the salve. And, uh, and now you- all her other products, and both of them have products together. Um, they developed a whole line. De- actually, Deanne developed this whole line with Denise. Um, for um, sun damage to the, because Deanne was a boatman, right? You you remember? Yeah. I'm sure you do. And uh, and uh, oh the, yeah, and were... she was just getting, you know, her skin. She was like, I got to do something. I'm 30 years old, and my all skin... we had to do is take one look at Georgie White, and that should have gotten our attention, <laughs> right? I mean, my God. Oh, R.I.P. Georgie, we love you. Oh. <laughs> But, Truly, love yeah, her. yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, so they came up with all this great um, skincare for you know skin damage, yeah. sun damage, oh, and cool. so they're they're pretty known all over the country for uh, a skincare lines that don't have any methylparabens or phthalates yeah. or alcohols or anything that's going to damage the skin. Um, so my skincare line, you know, keeps me going. So now I have to tell you, both these kids that grew up in the back of their mom's little trading posts are now more successful than me, and I'm gra- <laughs> grateful for that. So here's these kids Fantastic. growing up by a flower child, and <laughs> and they're doing better than me. So it's great, you know. Yeah, There's hope for everybody. <laughs> you've got an impressive clan, I'd have to say. But such yeah. a great story as far as the, you know, most. Most of us are products of broken homes in, yeah, in our generation. Yeah. That that started being real popular, mm-hmm. you know, the parents splitting up and raising children on their mm-hmm. own. And a real similar story to my upbringing mm-hmm. uh, with Dottie raising six kids. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the the neat, the, it's just so neat to see everybody grow into their own mm-hmm. and uh, succeed. Yeah, like, it's like they amazing. do. It's know? amazing. I have all these kids that have worked for me at the shop that turned into brain surgeons, and oh, I know. God. they go on. Yeah, and they do well. Well, it's fun being in Flagstaff because in Flagstaff we're kind of an international town. I mean, we're known Winter Sun's oh, yeah. all over the world because of all the travelers. I mean, and half the people you've had on your your. Uh, 
podcast here live near downtown or right or from, it's and the they're, epicenter they're bringing yeah. everybody in and and i've watched it all these years so it's kind of neat being in one place one time you know and staying there and just seeing how everything evolves evolves and uh, as life goes along it's a, it's been a great place to be as little it? fish in in a big we pond or fish. a big fish in a little pond whatever they say let them loose let them loose let them yeah. loose yeah. in the ocean but it's great you know please come visit flagstaff yeah know? no absolutely the, the archaeological sites that surround us the rivers you know we've got our sacred mountain nuvatukyavi well, and, and the and the landscape alone, like I've mm-hmm. done a lot of production work, and, mm-hmm. and people from Europe and all over the world are, mm-hmm. are so uh, fascinated by the the landscape yeah. and the the barren expanses that we get to have around oh, here. The, so the room. Well, if they, you know, people pay hundreds and hundreds of dollars to do this, what they call forest bathing. They pay you. A thousand dollars to take you out into the woods, and you can learn how to, you know, heal yourself in in underneath the trees. Well, you can just come here and do that by yourself. You don't have to pay thousands of dollars. Walk out in the woods. I do it every day, right behind Thorpe Park with my dog. <laughs> no, and like this morning, I was up on the mountain. Yes. It's it's our it's our uh, pulse. It's the pulse. But yeah. also, you can stop by your place and get a little satchel full of the right. Anything you need, we got it there. <laughs> to rub so on or it's whatever. It's legal, you know, it's legal. We've got tinctures. So much got... more is legal than you would have ever thought in Arizona, I too. Know. Isn't, it Isn't it crazy? Yeah. I never thought that. I, n- I never thought I'd live Somebody to see that. Somebody in the 90s even would have said that's going to happen. No, I never thought. But in our little shop, to all of those of you who don't know who we are or anything, uh, we have... Traditional art, mostly from the Southwest. Well, I'd say yes, from the Southwest. Hopi Navajo is what I specialize in. And then in the back, if you walk through the archway, uh, we have a little tiny room that is filled with dried all organic herbs that you can make teas and spices and, you know, cooking things. We have all that. And then we have tinctures, liquid extracts of many herbs that you would like to take for your health. Yeah. So that's what we're about, and um, it's been a long, long, strange trip. <laughs> no, but it's it's the real deal, and and Aww, um, I I need to come I need to come by and visit with you sometime about your teas. Yes, yes, I'm, we I'm have really so interested many good ones. in some medicinal teas. Yeah, we have great teas there, and um, the older we get, the more we need. The more your we tea. need it. Yes, we all do need it. So. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time and, and interviewing me. Oh, yeah, and, and we are. We're about that time yeah. to close out. One last question. Make it easy. Make it easy on me. I'm going to. <laughs> Brother Brian. <laughs> are we going to be okay down the road? And how are the how, how are we doing on the reservations? In your, is there anything people could do to help other than... Pay attention. Pay pay attention. Purchase art. Yep. You know, purchase the art. Right now, we've been, you know, after the COVID thing, that was rough. Oh, it it was tremendously Uh, tough. In Uh, one uh, village, I lost like 10 people that I'd known since my 20s. You know, it was rough. It was really, really really rough. So, yeah, I mean, I think we're going to be okay. I mean, if we look at at the philosophy of the healing is just, you know, are we connected with nature? Being connected with nature is the most important thing. So get out and touch the ground and take your shoes off and stand barefoot on the ground and and greet the sun and give your affirmations in the day. This is what happens. This is what you need to do to stay connected and and keep it moving and grooving and going. And I think I think things will be okay. I mean, if I talk to the elders now, they're my age, so we're all elders now. Um, they're they're positive about things. Yeah, no, that's that's Although great. Although they do tell us that we're in the midst of Koyaanisqatsi, the crazy time, world out of balance. Yeah, but we can keep that in balance, keep the balance in ourselves. And once we're in balance, we're holding it together. It, it radiates. It radiates yeah. out, and you know, I mean, with all the people you've worked with, all the native people. Yeah, yeah and, from straight from the heart. Yeah, and the honesty yes. is such a wonderful thing. Yes. Uh, in my relationships with all, all the uh, tribal people that I've been lucky enough to share 
my oh, life with. We're it's lucky. just the honesty of life. We're so lucky. It's beautiful. And the mythology and everything that, you know, just look at the mountain. Just that mountain alone, the stories that go with that. Yeah, and you're so right, too. Get out there and touch it. Yes. I mean, just an hour of being outside when you get back, you're good for the week. Stand, you know, it's stand unbelievable. on the ground barefooted, yeah. even if it's just for a second a day. I mean, even in the snow, I try to do that. Yeah. And I don't always get to do it, but I try. You yeah. Know? Feel, then, feel the pulse of the day, right? Yeah, and, that, and that's a good thing to do with the sun. You know, the great Dawa, that's what the Hopis tell us. Yeah. And you make your affirmation in the morning to the sun. And there's also the way to keep your 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 self in balance with the world. And like you said, Brian, I love that. It radiates out from us. It, it, it does. And, and uh, you know, with that, like, get up in the morning and face east. And yes. Praise the... The upcoming great day, the yes. dawa. It's and, a beautiful way yeah, to start. Today. And make your affirmation. Yes, I want the climate to be back in balance again. I don't want this craziness. Whatever, demand it. That's what the elders used to say. You demand oh, it. Make it that way. Make it that yeah. way. Right. It's up to you. That's what the Hopis always say. It's up to you. Yeah, it's up to all of us as a whole. Isn't yes, it? it is. And we can do this. I think we can do it. I, I have to feel positive because my life is surrounded by children. You know, I, I I focus on them, and uh, yeah, you, I, you can't you can't not think about the the challenges of these young generations yeah. behind us and right. stuff. And that's who I want to hang out with the kids because they keep me going. And I mean, it's it's, okay. it's better to have that positive outlook than yeah. If you start worrying, you're going to worry yourself to right into. It's them. not going to do you any good. It's not going to do any good. So such beautiful words. We're lucky up here, and yeah, we sure yeah, are. so. I hope everyone just uh, goes in beauty and stays balanced and keep your energies positive and keep your thoughts positive. That's what we can do. That's beautiful closing. And, you know, I always uh, ought to close. Uh, be mindful of the COVID still. Get your boosters. They're still working and things have improved there. But don't forget what a mess that was. And I always say, Stay right side up. <laughs> Stay this above is above the ground. <laughs> this is Big I Adventures with Phyllis Hogan <laughs> and Brian Dirk. Hey, thanks for sitting in today, you guys. And come and visit that nice downtown little location of the winter sun. Thanks, Brian. Yeah. Let's kill it with love. All right. <laughs> Take care. Bye. <laughs> Big Adventures is produced by Brian Durker, Margaret Knight, and me, Gavin Bugner. Bill Gleckler and his mandolin provide our music. If you like our show, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts.